We're continuing our off-season report cards with number nine, Philip Forsberg. Yeah, big uh, summer ahead for him. We will talk about what contract he could possibly get, plus how much should we read into his very lackluster playoff performance, if any, plus Stanley Cup Finals, Ray John, Colorado Avalanche, and Edmonton Oilers was uh, basically a hockey game on cocaine. We will uh, talk about it and more coming up to today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Well, uh, if you're a fan of playoff hockey, last night's game, uh, boy. uh, Wow. Edmonton Oilers, what a team that has been throughout the playoffs. Um, I cannot remember a team in the last 20 years that has been as eventful to watch Mm. as this year's Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I loved this playoff game because it's two teams that gave the Predators fits during the season and in the postseason. Let's just own it. We got swept by the Avs. But watching them duke it out last night, it was literally like being on the playground watching like two guys fight. And really, you just want popcorn and to see who ends up bloodier. It was who it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I think it's very interesting, too, that the Oilers were able to do one of those crazy comebacks against the the Avalanche because Mm -hmm. that was the thing. You know, the Avalanche are they're a more well-rounded team than the L.A. Kings were or, oh, you know, they're they're a little bit more consistent than the Calgary Flames were. Um, You know, they they have Kale McCarr. They have, you know, Bowen Byram. You know, they got Josh Manson, a lot of these steady defensive players and the Oilers proved last night. It's like, hey, it doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. we can still score like we can still score at will. Uh, It's just a matter of is Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen, whoever is in net going Mm -hmm. to stop enough shots to have the Oilers steal a series. It was interesting sitting there watching the Oilers play. At one point, the Avs were up by three goals. And I turned to my husband and I said, a three-goal lead against the Oilers is the equivalent of a one-goal lead against the Nashville Predators. Well, it is four. <laughs> you know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. They ju- I mean, like, look, do not count this Oilers team out at all. And it doesn't take them long to you know, produce something offensively. It does not take them long to bounce back after they've been scored on. Like these two teams, like I love this matchup because I am petty, but I also love this (laughs) matchup because this is just going to be outrageous hockey. Like I think game one is just a glimpse of how outrageous and fascinating this matchup between the Avs and the Oilers is going to be like we're getting some great hockey and and i'm here for it it was 
it was crazy. Now, did you see, let's talk about the, the call. Did you see the onside goal challenge whole fiasco? Um, did you miss that part I, or did you I see that part? I caught the last period and a half. Yeah. Um, when I first started watching, I think Edmonton just made it 7-4. Um, <laughs> so there there was a lot going on before then. Uh, yeah. Missed, but um, yeah, I kind of caught the tweet. Yeah. It. it was a, it was um, a really crazy sequence. And as we're sitting at home and watching it, you know, we're like, okay, clearly that is offside. Clearly that is offside. But you know, um, Edmonton challenged it. They lost the challenge and the avalanche went on the power play and that became a whole nother thing. But it was fascinating to me because at first everybody's like, clearly that's offside. It's so obvious. And then they're like, wait a minute, there's this little tiny rule. And so it was interesting to see it kind of broke down. And like you said, Twitter kind of jumped on it. I will say Tim Peel chimed in and I was like, Tim Peel, like, yeah, of all the Not people he, chiming in, uh, like, yeah, let's let's just sit quietly and think about what you've done. But you know, then uh, Elliot Friedman then went and researched it and kind of explained it more. So it was really interesting because I thought, okay, that is a call I never, you know, I really hadn't seen very often. So it was it was. Um, it was educational and um, the avalanche fans are like, well, yep. Oh, there it is. It's in the rule book. It's clear. And the Oilers fans I noticed today are like blown call, worst blown call in playoff history. And I'm like, uh, Sissons scored. So yeah. <laughs> sit down. But yeah, it was like a whole brouhaha. Twitter is great, isn't it? It is yeah. a place just a place yeah um, <laughs> it's gonna be the thing that's interesting to me is you know people are talking about oh the, the way the edmonton oilers are winning right now is not going to be sustainable um you know if you know hey it's a long shot if they get past colorado because i would say colorado at this right. point is probably the big favorite mm -hmm. um but you know at the same time yeah, hey maybe this is just a new kind of way of playing hockey you know mm -hmm. i kind of equate it to like you know the nfl when you know you kind of see cycles of styles yes teams you know like you have like the pittsburgh steelers or baltimore ravens win the super bowl and then all of a sudden oh you know the, the key to winning is you know a a big defense you know and a, and a high power running game big offensive line blah blah, yes. blah blah you know a few years later you have the seattle seahawks and the um kansas city chiefs come out and right. it's like oh you, know, you need like a high powered offense like you like you can win any you can win any game if you can just outscore them and right so you know hey if the edmonton oilers get to the stanley cup and you know either win it or get really close by winning games like you know six to four you know <laughs> seven to five or whatever yes being um then yeah i mean you, you can say maybe maybe that's a new thing to look at um you know it also helps that you have the two of the four best players in the yes. right now on your team yeah but that doesn't hurt it, it doesn't hurt but hey i mean you know nashville predators had some pretty <laughs> good offense too so I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe that's just kind of an interesting style. What do you think of that? 
I actually agree with that. And you could see it last night. It really was a very different style of game. And even though Colorado, like you said, I mean, they have a strong defensive core. You've got Kale McCarr and, but Edmonton just peppered. I mean, when you pepper the net, you know, odds are in your favor, eventually something's going to go in. And there was just so much offense. What was interesting to me is how well Colorado matched that pace. You know, you have Connor McDavid driving the pace of a game and it usually they can kind of outrun their opponent. And I thought Colorado did a really great job of sort of matching that, you know, kind of frantic pace of the game. But I agree with you. I think there may be, you know, the I think the NHL evolves very slowly, but I do think you're right. I think there is sort of a different style developing with teams like Edmonton where maybe this is, you know, you outscore them. It's it's Kansas City. It's it's Patrick Mahomes, you know, just yeah. keep keep scoring and see what happens. So it was a very different style of game. It was fascinating to watch and um yeah I can't wait for I can't wait for a game two I really can't it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun (laughs) well speaking of keep scoring and see what happens uh Philip Forsberg he Mm. is subject of our off-season Predators report card today uh we're gonna be talking about him in just a second including all things his contract his record year whether we think he can replicate that for several seasons moving forward wherever he goes um and yeah maybe maybe some concerns maybe some reasons the Predators would be hesitant to give him money uh we'll cover all angles of that in a second but first want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models on the road it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need so why endure all that dumb questioning from people behind the counter like do you know what kind of honestly you got you got an election that's every (laughs) if you've ever been to an auto parts store in like anywhere south of downtown nashville or like madison or springfield you know exactly the voice i was going with right there uh (laughs) hey you you can skip all that though you got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket you save time and money when using rock auto uh for example honda odyssey fuel pump is 353 from a regular chain store but it's only 216 from rock auto uh but that's not you know just some shady website rock auto is a family business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years their prices are reliably low for every customer and they got everything your car could ever need like lights motor oil even new upholstery so go to their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, Philip Forsberg. Mm, Philip Forsberg, gee. I I know it's been a while since we've talked about Philip Forsberg on this show, so you'll have to forgive us for playing catch up. Uh, He is the hot topic in Nashville. Like, I think everybody is just wait i mean we're just you wake up every morning and you're like hey philip what are you doing yeah we'll touch on all that in a second but first kind of let's let's go back and focus on it his season with the mm-hmm. national predators on the ice uh 42 goals 42 assists total of 84 points 
all of that are career highs for him yes. by far you know we were talking since god 2017 it, you know going into every season it's like this is the year this is the mm-hmm. year that, makes that next step and for whatever reason it just seemed like we were frustrating like watching and waiting and kind of waiting for him to really bust through and take that next step into becoming an elite power forward a legitimate scoring winger in the nhl and finally and Finally, this was the season that he broke through. What, when you're going back and watching his game, what are some of the differences between this year with his game and maybe some past years where he's sort of, you know, I don't want to say like plateaued out, but right. you know, didn't have this kind of game changing season we thought he would have. Yeah, it's all about reaching his potential. And I think this year we really saw a consistently long season of Philip Forsberg reaching the potential that, like you said, everybody in Nashville was waiting to see. We've seen glimpses of it, but it's been sort of a consistency and a health problem for so many seasons that, you know, people were kind of starting to wonder if he's going to be able to put it together. And this season he did. And I think one of the main reasons that Philip Forsberg was so successful this year was his line mates. Philip Forsberg does so well when he has consistent line mates and who understand sort of his level of play. And he spent most of this season with Mikhail Granlin and Matt Duchesne. And I think that really sparked something for Forsberg this season. It helped to have Matt Duchesne there. You know, they were going head to head for this most goals in the season, but they also just play a very similar style of game. It's, it's almost, um, you know, it's almost an elevated sort of mental way that they see the ice. It's faster. You know, they read things a little bit faster. They create things. And you have to have somebody on the same page with you. And I think line mates are such a key to Philip Forsberg's success. Not that he's not a fantastic player in his own right. But, you ha- you know, when you set him up for success with line mates who play a similar style and who can kind of read the ice as well and as quickly as he does, this is what you're going to get from Philip Forsberg. And I'm sure Roman Yossi, who we talked about yesterday, having a career best season. Oh yeah. As we mentioned, sort of changing the way um, he plays the game a little bit, especially on the offensive end. I think that certainly helps too. And you can't discount Mm -hmm. that, but you mentioned consistency, you know, when it comes to the line mates and that's something Philip Forsberg really hasn't had, you know, the past couple of days, you know, even, the past couple of years mm-hmm. when it seems like, you know, the Preds were kind of in a, you know, a little bit of a cold snap, you know, a couple of games without a, a loss or a couple of games without a win. It's late in the week and I'm already tired. Forgetting about <laughs> it. Um, you know, John Hines kind of took the approach of, you know what? We trust these guys chemistry together. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to let them play their way out. And you saw that pay off in a big way. Because remember, the Predators didn't exactly start great to this season. They were very average at best, Mm -hmm. uh, mediocre at worst. Um, And, you know, John Hines kind of wound up sticking with, you know, sort of his, you know, the new lines he put together, which were, Mm -hmm. you know, Forsberg, Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlund, you know, and look what happened. You know, once they got a couple of games together off their belt, 
they took off. And that was when Matt Duchesne got really hot for the first time. Philip Forsberg started getting on a little bit of a tear. Um, Mikhail Granlund, who is one of the most underrated players. Oh, 100%. But, you know, for Forsberg, you think back to the, you know, the past few years and there, there was, you know, that iteration of the line the first time around, you know, then some other games he would go back to the, um, you know, his old line with Victor Arvidsson and Ryan Johansson, mm-hmm. you know, they would try to, you know, mix and match. And, you know, remember guys like Austin Watson or Nick Benino would wind up, you know, kind of playing up a role. And you would kind of have just like these hodgepodge of lines and it would just be like, OK, well, Philip Forsberg, it's his task to get that line going. You know, he is going to mm-hmm. kind of help get things started for other people. For this year, it seemed like John Hines was like, you know what? Forsberg is a great player. Matt Duchesne is a great player. Let's just have them build some chemistry together and not worry about one guy needing to facilitate everything for a line or one guy Mm -hmm. being quote unquote the guy that gets everyone else going. You know, he just took people that he thought were going to play well together and he put them together and let them build chemistry. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, would, would Forsberg be, you know, have as good of a season if Roman Yossi didn't have a career year? Would Matt Duchesne have the same? Other people turn that around and say, you know, would, would Roman Yossi have a mm-hmm. 100-point season if Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg weren't? Right. It's, but they're all tied. They're yes. all tied together. And the fact that all of them started building chemistry with each other and knew how they were going to play against any opponent on any given night, that's huge. And I think that is something that has been very lacking for Mm -hmm. Philip Forsberg. It's just that consistent chemistry with one or two teammates. Yeah. And you mentioned when he was paired up with Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson, and you had that, you know, it was called the Jofa line. And when they were together, Oh, oh, bless. Take a minute. Yeah. Okay. Um, when they were together, you had that same sort of chemistry that we saw from Philip Forsberg. But you're right. They wouldn't, they didn't keep them together. And that costs these players something. And I understand the logic of, you know, you have two hot players, Matt Duchesne and um, Philip Forsberg, and of course, Mikhail Granlin, who makes even me look amazing, I'm sure. But you, you want to keep them together because they play off of each other. And I think the tendency in coaching is let's separate them and they'll generate some other people. They'll spark something for some other people. And that's sort of been the philosophy at the end of the LaViolette era. And it really cost Philip Forsberg something. So to see him this year with consistent line mates, with line mates that are really playing and operating at his level, it makes all the difference in the world. And whether Philip Forsberg stays or whether he goes, line mates are going to be a very important part of his success wherever he lands. Because while he is in and of himself a fantastic hockey player, he is better with consistent line mates. And that's just a key to unlocking his potential like we saw this season. So let's kind of play devil's advocate for a season let, or for, you know, a moment mm-hmm. um, wherever he is next year, oh, um, whether that's, you know, the Nashville Predators or the Toronto Maple Leafs of all teams, maybe the Detroit Red Wings. Um, mm-hmm. 
does can he replicate the same success? Can he do this year in and year out? Because we always hear about, you know, the contract year. You know, mm-hmm. some, somehow players have, you know, finally break out into being a bona fide star uh, when there's a prospect of $10 million a year on the table staring at them. How does Philip Forsberg avoid that? Do you think, Anne, that this is going to kind of be the norm for Forsberg during his prime? Or was this just kind of a one-off perfect storm and he'll go back to being, you know, the the 60-point player, you know, year after year? I can see both sides of that argument having a leg to stand on because, again, for seasons we've seen Philip Forsberg full of potential and not realize it. I think we know enough now about what he needs and how he operates that he will need to be really smart if he does not stay with Nashville, heaven help us, but he will need to go somewhere where he has line mates. He needs to be put on a line with people who are as good as he is. The other thing I think that has been a factor for him is he has been streaky. One of kind of the rumblings about Philip Forsberg in recent seasons is he is streaky. And I don't think we really saw that as much this year. And again, I keep coming back to consistent line mates, being able to read the people that he's playing with and, you know, his health. There's kind of another one of the nagging, quiet grumblings about Forsberg is, yeah, but he always gets injured. And he, you know, he played 69 games this season. He was out for nice. injury. Um, but he, when he came back, he came back and had a four goal game. So I can see where in the wrong situation, you're going to go back to, man, Philip Forsberg is really good. Maybe next season, something will click. You've, he, he's got to be particular about who he's playing with. He's got to be particular about um, just kind of consistency. So I do think if he stays with Nashville, you've got Granlin, you've got Duchesne. I really think he can replicate this. Um, and and I think Duchesne could too. I think they play so well off of each other. And Mikhail Granlin, like you said, underrated key to their success for sure this season. But we've heard so many rumblings about Forsberg. I can see where in the wrong situation, he's going to go back to... 2019 Philip Forsberg you know yeah I I don't know what what do you think how do you think how do you think his next season's gonna go what do you predict he gets a big paycheck what happens to his statistics depends on where he goes yeah it really does now if you're if you're playing you know with a bona fide number one center maybe Mm -hmm. a really good line mate then yeah maybe 80 points you know can be the norm for him or at least, you know, even if he gets like high 70s, you know, that's still right. You're, you're probably getting what you pay for, um, you know. But if if we get into a situation like Nashville the past few years where he is going to kind of count it on and being the guy that starts everything, you know, right. maybe that's where he tops out. So, you know, it definitely depends on where he goes. Um, you know, looking at the caps, you know, around the NHL right now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think the best thing for his career is probably to stay in Nashville. It's just yes. going to be a money thing, it sounds like. And that's something we're going to talk about here in just a second. 
Yeah, we're going to dive into what kind of paycheck do we think Philip Forsberg is going to get? And we assure you it will be bigger than ours. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Philip Porter's so. contract. <laughs> um, yes. let's, let's do this first, Anne. Uh, before we mm-hmm. get to that, what grade do you give Philip Forsberg for his season this year? You know what? I give Philip Forsberg an A minus. And let me tell you why I minus him. Um, he didn't show up in the playoffs. Um, we didn't really see Philip Forsberg until game four. At that point, you know, we had dug the six foot grave and we all were saying nice things about the predator season, knowing it was coming to an end. And so that was a little bit of a concern to me uh, He because he just didn't show up in the playoffs. But other than that, I mean, you're talking about somebody who had career setting years, you know, he set some, um, you know, franchise 40 goal scorer along with Matt Duchesne. So it's hard to say that there's anything that he didn't do well but the playoffs and you have to have your big players play well in the playoffs. And you look at the teams that are in the Stanley cup in the conference finals right now. And it's because your big players are showing up big and we didn't get that from Forsberg. So for me, he's an a minus, but by dang, he'll make the honor roll. Yeah. I'm definitely going to give him an a Mm -hmm. uh, for the same reason. You know, I think he would have been an A plus had his stats in the postseason um, been a little bit better. Even if his play in the postseason had been a yeah. little bit better. Other than that game four where the Predators kind of left, you know, had no choice but to kind of leave it all on the ice, uh, he was noticeably absent, you know. He was yeah. all around. Um, so that's where I take points off for him. But, you know, mm-hmm. you look everywhere else and he's. Know he gave you what you wanted. He gave you a yes. lot of scoring. Uh, he was the Preds' hottest player down the stretch, even hotter than Roman Yossi there towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a big reason why the Predators even got to the playoffs. And he finally came out and had that breakthrough year we have been wanting out of him. So I give him an A. Would have been an mm-hmm. A plus had it not been for the postseason. That kind of left a sour note, but he is definitely an A player for sure. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. So looking forward, his contract is obviously going to expire. Yes. He can hit unrestricted free agency. What kind of contract are we looking at for Philip Forsberg? Yeah, Philip Forsberg is going to earn himself some ching. Um, That's just, I mean, yeah, that's just what's real. Um, I can see him getting something like seven years, nine to 10 million. Uh, And And what concerns me the most is I feel like he could probably get a little more money from somewhere else besides Nashville. And I wonder how much of this is going to come down to he wants to pursue a Stanley Cup 
and doesn't think it's going to happen here in Nashville versus I want to stay in Nashville. I want to play in Nashville. I want to get us back to Stanley Cup contention here in Nashville. But I think you're looking easily at nine and a half, ten million. It's going to be interesting because, you know, you look back to Artemi Panarin back after 2019 where he left for the Rangers and Forsberg stats this year, um, a lot of them besides point total, but he also played a lot fewer games than Panarin did that year, are a lot better than what Panarin's were. And Panarin Mm -hmm. wound up making $11 million on the open market. So for, if you're the Nashville Predators, you know, it sounds, um, you know, it sounds like David Poyle's willing to maybe go 9 million, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more like nine and a half. I don't know what Forsberg is asking, but, you know, if you're his agent, you can probably justify, you know, a 10 and a half million dollar deal yes. asking price for somebody, maybe even $11 million asking price. If somebody is willing to pay the big thing to me is if there is, there going to be a team that is closer to contendership than the Nashville predators that would be willing to pay that price. Because you look at a lot of teams around the NHL um, and you know, they're very tight on cap, you know, the only mm-hmm. exception would be, you know, the Calgary flames, but they're also trying to re-sign two of their best players. Right. So that would be that. So, you know, maybe he's Calgary's backup flame of Gadroga somewhere else. Um, you know, or does he go to a rebuilding team with a lot of cap space like the Flyers, like the Red Wings? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, let's say, well, maybe, you know, I'm coming in on the ground floor up and I'm somebody that can take them, you know, help take them to the right. next level. Uh, but it's it's interesting because I don't know if there are going to be teams out there willing to pay 10.5 um, to get Forsberg that Forsberg would want to leave Nashville for. So to me, you know, I, I can, I understand both sides, but if I'm David Poyle and I'm hell bent on trying to win the Stanley cup or not, Mm -hmm. or at least be better than (laughs) the past couple of years. Yes. You know, if you're hell bent on going for this thing, you think you can, you know, build it, still build a contender out of this core. And you have the cap space, man. Like you are uh, among the playoff teams, one of the best situated in terms of cap space. Yes. Just go do it. Like hey, go, out, go out and give Forsberg 10 million. Yep. You know, I know a lot of people are saying it's like, oh, well, you know, on principle, he shouldn't make more than Roman Yossi. Um, it's, it's a business. If you have yes. a guy that you think is going to be key to your team moving forward and clearly Forsberg was this year. Yes. Then go out and get him. Like, don't yeah. be passive about this. Go out and get Philip Forsberg. Yes. And I think timing is everything. This past season, where he had career highs in pretty much every stat, great timing for Philip Forsberg. Great timing for Philip Forsberg in the fact that there aren't a lot of sort of high tier uh, free agents out there. I mean, you have Johnny Gaudreau. And you have Philip Forsberg for the most part. I mean, there's some other ones, but you know, for Nazem teams, Kadri, but I don't yeah, Nazem Kadri, another 85 point season. 
Right. So you just have such a small pool for teams that are like, we need this one big piece. Philip Forsberg, you know, there's going to be a team that's going to say, we just need this one big piece and there aren't many out there and they're going to pursue Philip Forsberg. I would love, and, and I agree with you. I think David Poyle, look, Matt Duchesne is better with Philip Forsberg. Mikhail Granlin is better with Philip Forsberg. The entire team is clearly better with Philip Forsberg. You can see, you know, David Poyle can say all he wants. It won't be a, a longer rebuild. It won't be a deeper rebuild if we lose Philip Forsberg, but that's just not real. You know, unless you get Johnny Gaudreau, that's just not real. So I agree with you. David Poyle signed the man like Terrence Trent Darby him, you know, <laughs> just sign the boy. So, you know, I, I that's what I think needs to happen. But, you know, Philip Forsberg's coming from a great position when it comes to the business end of this timing wise. So. It will be interesting to see. They keep saying we both want the same thing. Well, then make that happen sooner rather than later, y'all. Yeah. R real quick. Do you think he's back in a Predators uniform next year? Mm. My heart says yes. My head would fully understand if he is not. What about you? Um, I think yes, because... Mm -hmm. I think he genuinely wants to be back in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think there's a genuine interest if, you know, him coming back to Nashville from David Poyle's standpoint. Uh, I, th I think he finds a way. I think Poyle is trying to drag this out a little bit just to, you know, maybe see if he comes off his asking price a little bit. Maybe see if he winds up in that Mikhail Granlund situation where the market's not as good as you thought. So mm -hmm. you're coming back. Um, but but I think for or Poyle winds up being aggressive and gives Forsberg a pretty sizable contract. I think it winds up being the biggest in Nashville Predators history. Mm -hmm. I would agree. And from your lips to the hockey gods ears, my friend, let's just get this done. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're continuing off season report cards uh, now through the end of the season. We'll also have some other shows mixed in. We got some crossovers, sure. central division teams coming up. Uh, and we are going to have a bandwagon Stanley Cup discussion here in a little bit. You know, what mm -hmm. Predators cheer for down the stretch. Uh, and of course, we'll have a special when the Stanley Cup final starts for that as well. Uh, in the meantime, Anne, where can the fine people find your work online? You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, let us know what you thought of Philip Forsberg's season, what grade you would give him. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. We'll see you then, everybody.